Well, welcome everyone to this edition of Human Wisdom Live. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that's dear to all our hearts, which is how can we live our life with purpose? How can we find that purpose in our lives? My guest today is Bhargavi Raman, who is in Mysore in India. She's an expressive arts therapy practitioner, a mindfulness coach, and a human wisdom coach. So Bhargavi, welcome. Thank you, Manoj. Very happy to be here. Yeah. So the plan for today is that Bhargavi and I will address a series of questions for about 30 minutes, and then we're going to open it up for everyone's comments. And we have many uh, experienced guests, I'm sure, who have lovely things to say. We're going to be talking about five questions, which is why is living with purpose important? What does living with purpose mean? What gets in the way of living with purpose? And when we think of what we want to do with our lives, where do the answers come from? And lastly, we'll end with asking, so what's the answer? How can we use our wisdom to find our true purpose in life? Uh, okay, so first question, Bhargavi, why do you think living with purpose is important? So Manoj, I think this question of purpose comes up at multiple points in people's lives. It's not just young people who are thinking about purpose, but people who have had a long career also sometimes question and ask, you know, what is the purpose? What have I been doing? Mm. And even older, much older people in their 60s sometimes ask this question, right? What have I done with my life and what's my purpose been? So I think it's an important question that comes up for all of us at some point and at multiple points in our lives. Yes. Yeah. And the question of purpose is so important because it's really the driving force of our whole life. It's the, really the at the core of living and yes. the core of living a fulfilled life, uh, a life not just fulfillment that comes at the end of achieving something or doing something, but for a way of living with everyday fulfillment, right? Yes. So you don't want to look back at your life 40 years or when you know, when, and think, well, what did I do with my life? You know, and did I to look back with regret you, you know life is really quite short isn't it you know our time on earth is really limited especially our healthy years our working years are about 40 years i suppose um between our 20s and you know early 60s and we're going to spend 40 of those years working so we might as well find something that we enjoy going to every day <laughs> that's why it's so important you know but what does living with purpose mean? You know, it's a big word, but in practical terms, how would we know that we're living with purpose? I think a simple way to answer that is, do I love, enjoy, look forward to my day-to-day, -day, you know, what I do on a day-to-day -day basis? And uh, I think if the answer to that is yes, that I'm, that I wake up with a sense of calm, knowing that I'm going to have a good day, uh, with whatever I'm doing, I think one can say that uh, one is living with purpose. I think that's a simple way to answer that. Yes. You do what you love doing. Yeah. And you love what you do. But I think another way is perhaps to, it doesn't feel like work. Hmm. You see that traditional view of work is negative. Or, you know, I when I retire, I'll be happy. Or when the weekend comes, I'll be happy. Yeah. But I guess if you're doing something you really love doing, then all those distinctions kind of fall away, right? 
Right. And I would add that it's not just about work, right, Manoj? It's also about, um, am I, do I have that purpose in my family life, in my uh, relationships? Do I, you know, have that attitude of feeling fulfilled and happy in, in just the way I am, really? Yes. yes. Yeah. And also, I think living with purpose means that you don't wish you were doing something else. Right. Quite often, you're doing one thing, but you wish you were doing something else. You're with one person, but you wish you were with another person, you know. And I guess if you have that song in your heart, then that's what you sing every day. And you don't want to be doing it. You don't, you know, your mind doesn't say, oh, I wish I was doing something else. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And there you're alluding to a sense of uh, uh, sort of internal peace almost, right? That you're not you're not bombarded with thoughts that carry you away from yes. whatever you're doing right now. Yes. Exactly what you said, that you're just here. So that brings to my mind the idea of being present really also. Yes. That I'm able to be present um, in a happy way without getting distracted by thoughts that want to take me away from where I am right now. Yes. Or there's a sense of being unfulfilled inside. Yeah. And that sense of feeling unfulfilled makes you wish you were doing something else with your life whatever it, it might be you know mm. uh, you might be earning a lot of money but that may not be fulfilling for you and you might be thinking oh, I wish I was doing something else mm. so when we typically think of what we want to do with our lives where do our answers come from you know say I'm a young 18 year old and I think what do I want to do with my life or I'm in my 40s what do I want to do next I am not sure typically where do the answers come from most typically I think answers come from expectations of people around us that's a big one I think that you know parents expect you to be a doctor or an engineer growing up so you think okay I think I need to be an engineer or a doctor yes um it may also be, it may also come from uh, what you're good at doing. Yeah, right. that, you know, I'm good at sports, so maybe I should be a sports person, or I'm good at science, so I should be a scientist. Hmm. Um, and it's also what people say you're good at, right? Because being good at is not always an internal measure. It's hmm. also um, an, an externally measured thing. People are saying, oh, you're good at this, you know, you should do that. So it, it does seem like an external focused uh, place that it comes from just because I'm good at running doesn't mean that's my life's purpose you know what I mean or I'm good at playing the piano doesn't mean my purpose in life is to be a pianist it might be to be something completely different mm -hmm. um, because sometimes we get trapped by just the thing we're good at and that becomes you know our life because that's what society expects us to do but also our conditioning pushes us to be famous, wealthy, respectable. So we're always looking for choices that are going to take us to one of those three things, either be famous. You know, you talk to kids on inner city estates. What do you want to be? I want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, that's their sort of goal in life. You know? Yeah, I hear that so much, you know, from so many people. Being yeah. a content creator and want to be an influencer. Influencer, yes. Yeah. Because we're drawn by the need to be well-known and famous. Somehow it's a because a pleasure that will bring us. Or wealthy, you know. Um, 
and of course respectable uh, is the other thing in some cultures particularly mm. it does uh, seem like a social uh, conditioning it really is yes. that and the conditioning goes both ways it's one is to say that you've got to be wealthy or famous or you know respectable that's something you want to go after or what society conditions you to go after but it's also what not to be yeah that you know you shouldn't be poor or you shouldn't you shouldn't be uh, floozy or doing this and that or you know there are so many of what you shouldn't do also as much as what you should do so i think that conditioning operates both ways on both levels mm. and of course our fear plays a big role right yes in what in deciding what to do next in fact that the voice of fear is often so loud and often it's the loudest voice we don't hear if you if you know what i mean it's, it speaks to us but we just don't hear it it's lying it's in the background and it is shaping our lives you can't do this because what will happen if and so on you know yeah and manoj i think um, a lot of us simply don't know how to identify that it's fear uh, it may show up as anxiety or it may show up as um, uh, you know feeling sad or just feeling unfulfilled or just not knowing what to do um but deep down there is fear and i think very few of us have been taught how to recognize fear yes and, and the ways in which it manifests in yes. in us yeah yes. absolutely right that it operates in the subconscious and we're not even aware it's operating yeah we don't even know how to recognize it or to notice how it's kind of shaping so all these forces are acting without our awareness aren't they? our conditioning our fears uh, pressure from parents society and our own drivers to be wealthy famous and so on yeah there's another point manoj here um, i think that sometimes all of these operating conditioning and fears is so deep rooted and it may even be trauma at some level growing up that it it really affects our self image or our self esteem that yes. it becomes so internalized that i may not even be able to think of a possibility yes of doing something that i love that that just might not be in the realm of uh of my of my you know considerations of what i can do with my life because it so, becomes so internalized because you don't have the confidence right right so even if you thought i ah, i want to be a film actor or i love whatever it is you know dancing i just don't feel i have the confidence to pursue that yeah because my life so far hasn't helped me have that in a confidence right there simply hasn't been that exposure right of maybe you don't have any dancers in your circles or there's nobody in your family who took that leap to be an artist or a drummer or a or a sports person and everybody's been in this very professional sort of track of being a doctor and that's all you see around you and so that's all you assume is possible yes yes definitely now the last thing we think about when we think about what we want to do with our lives is what do i really love to do <laughs> because there's so many of these other voices that are clamoring for attention in our mind that this voice which is what is it i really love to do just gets drowned out mm. you know and doesn't we don't even we can't even find that voice sometimes in our own thinking yeah yeah 
But I think the inner wisdom, Manoj, is, um, you know, it's alive somewhere. And that's why the question of purpose comes up in the first right. place. That, that voice is somewhere there. And it's like this tiny bird that's at the distance just saying, hey, I'm here. Can you yes. listen to me sometimes? You know, and I think when that voice becomes a little louder, we start asking and we start questioning and looking and saying, okay, what's not right? What do I need to change? Or just, just to ask yourself, what is it that you really love to do? Yeah. yeah. But that probably leads nicely into the next question. That what gets in the way of finding our true purpose? I know we've talked about a couple of things, but suppose I don't know. Suppose I haven't found that thing that I love to do. I've got a, I know someone in family who's like that, you know, in the early 20s, doesn't know what she wants to do with her life. What can we say to someone like that? Hmm. Um, I think once a person is asked that question of, you know, what do I want to do? It means that there is a drive to finding that whatever it is that makes you happy. So that's, I think, a great place to be already. To that you're asking this question uh, because a lot of us just live in that conditioning and fear and never even get to that point of asking this question, right? But once you've got there, I think a good way to uh, proceed may be to ask what resonates with me, right? What do I, uh, maybe not so much what I love doing, mm. that too, but, but what, where do I find a sense of this is me, you know, or this is yes. my kind of thing. Yes. And, and then to to, to take that leap, you know, to, and to try things that are in that domain of what resonates. So maybe I'm a very physical person and I like moving a lot. And so then to think of what, what can I do that, that, will, that will make me move and that I can move with, right? And, uh, and it may not be a big jump in the first place. It may be just a small step. It may be taking up a, a dance class or a hobby class. Um, or, you know, just going cycling with friends or going on a hike or doing things that so that the sense of the felt sense of joy or happiness is is there. And then that will then I think lead to the next step of exploring more things or bigger things. It's like you were talking, Manoj, about, you know, climbing that mountain. I think you should. Uh, yeah. 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 You know, when you climb any mountain, it always feels too hard to climb. But mountains are are smart because what they do is they present you with several small mountains to climb each time. So you look up, you think, oh, that's okay. I can do that. But you get to that one. And then of course, there's one beyond that and, and one beyond that. Um, but also to say, it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know uh, what you want to do, but just to start walking. You're not going to find out sitting at a computer. You've just got to get out in the world and start walking and doing something. And then gradually things will um, become clearer. Mm. Um, what about self-esteem? And, you know, if I don't have enough or adequate self-esteem, then that can get in the way of finding my true purpose or following what I may regard as something I really love to do. And that um, lack of self-esteem can come from criticism, uh, you know, growing up or trauma as a child, uh, I've yeah. suffered. And therefore, I feel like a victim. I don't feel I have agency. 
Yeah. Mm, the starting point really is to acknowledge that, that that's happening. Yeah, that I'm, um, that I'm not feeling like my best self or anywhere close to my best self, you know, or that I, I might need some support in, you know, clearing out certain things that have caused distress to me mm. and at least know what that is. Mm. And I think from acknowledgement, you move into a sense of personal power over time when one does the inner work of, of finding, you know, what's going on really inside me. And, and then when one reaches a certain level of personal power, I think then the ability to try things comes there. Uh, you, you, self-esteem is not this ultimate thing that you know we get all of it all at once right it's just this little by little I gather my own sense of self my sense of purpose my self-esteem self-respect self-love even right it's, it's a growing thing I feel it's like a little sapling that eventually grows into a tree yeah. yes yes I think you just have to begin I think the key is to take that first step I remember when I was in Australia, I met this Aborigine elder who told me, I asked him, I said, what advice would you have for a young man starting out in life? And he said, traveler, there's no path. Paths are made by walking. And that's always stuck with me over the years, that if there's no path, you just sort of uh, you know, start walking and then uh, something will appear. Or Rumi said, you know, when you take the first step, then the way appears. <laughs> so yeah. uh, to have that confidence to say, oh, I'm going to take that first step and, and see what happens. Do you think that's yeah. been reflected in your own story, in your own life, Bhargavi? Mm, I can share a bit about that, Manoj. Yes. Yeah, thank you for that invitation. Um, I, I think um, I started off um, I mean, when I, I, I'm a lawyer by education, but now I'm an expressive art therapy practitioner. So I think I've come quite a way in the last 10 years, but it wasn't, um, I, I didn't start off with a lot of confidence in saying that I'm an artist or I can call myself an arts practitioner. Yeah, it was just something I did on the side when I had some free time. And there was a lot of conditioning operating in me. I went to a good law school, which is hard to get into. And so everyone says, oh, you got into this law school, you know, you've got to be a lawyer. Right. And that was just not my calling at all, though. And so I experimented. I, well, I knew that I had a resonance with education and I had an interest in learning about how the mind works because I was myself battling with a lot of mental health issues. At, I, I mean, I still have it, but, you know, it was happening more back then when I was a teenager. And so I wanted to understand what was going on. I think that was my drive. And that took me to spaces in I still couldn't break away from the law. So I was doing things in experiential learning and the law. So I worked in how, uh, you know, how students are taught um, in legal subjects, but the methods of teaching really, because that had to do with how one learns and, you know, how the okay. mind works. Then I moved on to coaching because that was again, a space that helped me understand myself better. That was really the drive. And slowly after a point, I was like, okay, I don't have to keep doing things with the law. I can just let it go because and, and really honor myself as an artist more because that's where I felt like I could come into my own. Right. And, and then eventually I did trainings, you know, I experimented really and the journey was not easy. Hmm. It was not easy. There were many days of hard self-doubt of 
very low self-confidence. What am I doing with my life? I've changed so many careers in 10 years. People saying, you know, oh, she doesn't have any aim in life. You know, things like that. It, it's hard. It, it was hard. But I think finally I'm in a place where I love what I'm doing. And, it, and the path is, is still ongoing. It's not like, I've, like you said, I'm just one of the mountains crossed. And but still, many more mountains it's like go. climbing any mountain, right? It's hard. But when you get to the top, or when you reach somewhere and you look back, you think, oh, that's been really worthwhile. Yeah. So this journey of finding our true purpose in life isn't always easy. Yeah. And most people imagine themselves at the top of the mountain, but don't recognize the work you have to do to get there. <laughs> yes, you want to have a dream about doing something like yourself, being an artist. But along with that dream, you've got to also have that capacity for really hard work and and to brave the days when you have doubt and uh, you know and so on right yeah the but, harder work is the internal work yes, yes more than the external work but, and manoj you yourself have i'm sorry yeah but i was no going no, to no say i said the saving grace is uh, that you love what you do right mm. if you love what you do your heart sings you wake up in the morning the, the idea of a weekend doesn't arise because you just you know you're already doing what you love doing, right? So that division between work and so on kind of disappears, doesn't it? Um, right. Sorry, you were saying something, Bhargavi, I interrupted. No, I was saying that uh, you yourself have made a, a major change in career, Manoj, after many years as a spine surgeon. Yes. Yeah. And again, like you said, it starts off quite simply. You know, you feel like you've got something that can help make the world a better place. And so you start walking... Uh, I started writing a book. I thought I'd write 10,000 words. And then I didn't think I had a book in me. And then the whole book emerged. <laughs> then I thought I'd have a couple of conversations with children. And then I discovered, wow, this is amazing. You know, these kids already have this wisdom. And then you take another step. Then you have to honor that, you know. So that's when I started transitioning I, out of medicine. Then I left medicine. And my mom was most distraught. <laughs> What are you doing with your life? You know, you're leaving a really well-paid career, and yeah. and you know, but you have to. That inner voice guides you and pushes you and takes you on that journey. Um, and of course, there's no path because you're making the path as you mm. as you're walking. But we've got another five minutes. So, what is the answer? How can we find? our true purpose in life. As you said, start by finding something that resonates with you, right? Mm -hmm. That you love to do. And that grows, and that grows into, um, into something you enjoy doing. And then let's say you find your, you know, you experiment, you try different things, you find like-minded people. I think community is a very important um, a factor in finding your true purpose as you meet other like-minded or kindred souls that are doing things that are and you build that sense of community and then let's say you get to that place where you feel like okay this is my thing right but even that it, it it's something that you're doing every day that also is going to get tedious yes after some time you do it for a year two years or five years for some people 10 years and then you're it, it may be your dream dream job i'm an actor you know i 
uh, love acting and it's my passion and I love it. But still, if you're an actor every day, you're going to go there, go on the set and it's going to get dull after a while. So then what about that? The question then comes up. Correct. You know, because our mind always seeks nourishment from the outside to fill its own inner emptiness, right? Yeah. But the mind that's doing that constantly, sooner or later, gets disappointed because the exactly. outside becomes stale, because the inner emptiness is still empty. Right? Mm. You know. um, I mean, we used the analogy of we were talking earlier about relationships and how the analogy is so perfect because we think finding the perfect person is the answer to our happiness. <laughs> So finding that perfect thing we love to do or our job is the answer to our long-term happiness. But unless you bring the best of yourself every day to that relationship, sooner or later it's going to go south or you know become stale and then you'll want to move on. So even if you find your best thing that you love doing, you have to bring the best of you every day to that, right? And the best of you is um, is also ever evolving, right? Every day we find other parts of us that are challenging or that are uh, that that need to be looked at. Maybe there's a fear that's crop popping up from long ago, and so even the best version of ourselves is evolving. And so if we got to bring the best version of ourselves to the relationship or to the work, um, it it means just constantly engaging within and 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 finding okay what's stopping me from or what's coming in the way of finding this everyday fulfillment here and maybe that's just a matter of becoming present like the zen masters would say right like you're brewing a cup of tea just do it with love do it with excellence yes. um and you're you're just sweeping your house can you find that the the, the savoring the moment Yes. Of whatever you're doing. And I think that's a practice that's um, that that every day can be revived. And that's an attitude, really. That's an inner attitude uh, towards whatever it is that we're doing. Right. So that's a really beautiful point that finding your purpose in life doesn't always mean the grand thing. <laughs> right. Right. You could be the tea, the chai wala, the, the person making the tea or, you know, just the cleaner in the house. But you do it with purpose, with passion, with attention. Right? And but for that, you need to live with this inner wisdom, you know, where you need to understand your fears, your emotional needs, you need to live with this sense of peace inside. And I'm sure Robin will have something to add to that in a second. Um, but let me pause here, if I may, Bhargavi, and just show people who may not be aware um, what the Human Wisdom app looks like and point people to the different elements in it that are based mm -hmm. you know, around the discussions we've been having today. But I'll just do that for a couple of minutes. Um, so this is the uh, Human Wisdom app, and it's got 60 modules, and it goes over many of the issues that we've been talking about today. So it goes from top to bottom and right to left. Um, there's lots of features here, including a, lots of stories. In fact, there's lots of stories of people who overcome their fears to pursue their dreams 
whatever they might be. There's an online journal, a forum, um, some podcasts, and uh, short videos. Uh, this is an introduction to wisdom, which really comes from self-knowledge, from understanding yourself and how your mind works. Um, and in relation to this discussion we've had today, I think the art of inquiry is important. Firstly, to, to be able to ask yourself these questions. What do I love to do? <laughs> what are my fears that are holding me back? Uh, what is my conditioning that is getting in the way of, or that's pushing me in one direction, like you said, to be a lawyer, when actually I want to be an artist? Uh, so understanding yourself and how your mind works, like conditioning or comparison, you know, like your brother might be a doctor and you think, oh, I want to be a doctor without really asking yourself, is that really what I want to do? You know, I thought I loved to paint, for example. Um, and our fears get in the way. So understanding our emotions is really important. And then, of course, there's a whole section on living with wisdom and so on. So I'll leave everyone to explore that um, in, you know, for themselves. I think, Manoj, just to sum it up, I think, I mean, in, a, in my sense of broad understanding is that this, it, it's got to be something you love doing, but also mm -hmm. whatever you're doing, it's, you find a way to love it. Um, ah, right. right? That so it's it a double-edged sword, right? So whatever you're doing, you find a way to love that too. That's, that's the other layer of it. I really see them as two layers that coexist. Right, right. So to and find to something you love, but to love what you do as well. Mm. Yeah. And to acknowledge all the things that are operating in you um, every day, you know, that self-inquiry is really the, uh, the fundamental thing, because every day is going to be a challenge. And to see what are those fears? What are my emotional needs? Am I acting from that need? Or do I find a way to fulfill that, but also being at peace and happiness? Yes. So that self-inquiry is really the ongoing um, journey in finding our purpose. Yes, so that discovering your own inner wisdom yeah, and finding your own sense of peace inside, right? That has to go alongside finding the thing you love to do in the world. And in fact, it's the same journey. It's not, they're not two separate journeys, right? Right. I, that really resonated with me, which is that if we want to find our true purpose, first, we have to understand our conditioning. <laughs> Second, we have to understand our fears. And it's only after we have gone through that, that we can then listen to that voice that's speaking to us inside. Because otherwise that voice is just not heard, right? Yeah. Well, thank you everybody uh, for coming today. And it's been really lovely. This podcast comes to you from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more about all the issues that we've discussed here today, please visit our website, humanwisdom.me. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.